problem was you were sit, you were seated off to the side. Yeah. I think maybe next time at my house we'll pull the table out and you can sit on the other cool. side. Well, I literally didn't know that it would collect the audio from the back. Because it's omnidirectional. <laughs> I don't know. Dude. Who am I? Nicola Tesla? Is that a dude? I thought you were going to say like Nicolette Sheridan. <laughs> <laughs> like, Who am I? Nicolette know? Sheridan? She's does such she, an expert on she sound, sound design. <laughs> All right. We ready? We're, we're good. Are we recar riding? We're, we're on. <clears throat> say when. When Coming up, we talk about national parks. And we find out Jellystone, not a real park. We talk about where the cool kids are. In the green room, but not the voiceover booth. We talk with Janie Haddad about learning to live with rejection in the business we call show. And we have a rare delving into the world of politics and why I think Bill Maher is a smug dick. So tune in to find out where you can eat kimchi while bugs eat you. On the Shaking Town Radio Hour. Bird from West Virginia. The Shaky Town Radio Hour is on the air. I'm Gene George. I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. And uh, sitting down with us today is Janie. How do you say your last name? Haddad. 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 Yes. I know. I've heard, I've heard your husband say it a bunch of times, yes. and I can never. So. Yes, and now I've added the Tompkin. So. Are you hyphenated? No hyphen. Are you comma? No. No <laughs> punctuation. Just a just a space. Just a space. <laughs> just a space. <laughs> yeah. So you can officially. Like on your driver's license? Yes, I'm going going to officially add my married name are and you, and retain my my maiden name. So I will be Haddad Tompkins. Are you going to change your name for work? Um, I don't think so. That has yet to be decided. Because I'm going to poll some people on that. A lot of women, you know, they'll just keep their maiden name for work, and right. then they'll add the name on right. for personal re- uh, personal life. Sure. Are you going to go Personal through Rasmussen <laughs> reports to do that polling? Um, yes. <laughs> yes. They're very... Are they thorough? They're thorough, and they lean conservative, apparently, with their results. Okay. <laughs> with their statistics. Gonna, yeah. That's uh, what I'm going to do. Yeah, because uh, my wife, uh, Tish, did not take the George She thing. said, forget it. She pretty much said, <laughs> Lehu, Lehu George, George... No. No? No, she didn't. no? I like a lot of names. I'm like a, a lot of name person. You know, it's funny because I'm also recently married and um, my wife is just taking my last name because her maiden name is very hard to pronounce. And when you even see it written out, you're like, what? <laughs> and she's a fan of, we're talking about, you know, a family and having kids and stuff. And she wants the kids to have like two middle names. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. They're extra fancy. Or a double first name. Yeah. Maybe. I guess. I like the double first name. It just like, seems like excessive to me. <laughs> Jean Paul. Jean Paul, or <laughs> you know, that's too much for you. It's too yeah. much. Yeah. I, I can't imagine. Well, this 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 is a guy, me, Gene, sitting here that went through like nine months of agonizing over naming a baby. Really? Yeah, like, oh yeah, Tish had lists and like just complete like OCD, you know. Moments of, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I participated. I mean, I I had my own like uh, you know she'd bring like names to the table and I'd be like mm, no old lady name mm, no fat kid <laughs> name mm, no <laughs> you know. What happened? I mean, just the one name though, like no double name. 
Lady. No, no, pretty, yeah, given Basic. name, middle name, last name. Traditional. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah nothing, no big deal. Okay. Just plain old, you know, first, middle, last. Yeah. No, no Matilda Quinn was first and middle. Okay. And George. Because my name is Jean George. Jean George. Or Jenna George, as I pronounce your Twitter handle. Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I Your think... Twitter handle is Jean George, and I'll be like, oh, Jenna George says da-da-da. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I didn't go for the underscore, and we actually came to the, ter- the ter- determination at uh, the Fourth of July party that people who went with the underscore are jipping themselves out of a character. Oh, they are it's only 140 characters. But underscore is—I mean, people know where you know a name ends and another name begins. And if they don't, then they don't deserve to meet your Twitter. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're probably trying to figure out what the other words that you're tweeting me. <laughs> Well, I want to hear about this 4th of July party. Oh, it was, it was really nice. Did, what, did you see fireworks? Uh, yeah, actually, um, it was at um, a friend of uh, Kevin Pollock's house. Was like a, We had a pool party, barbecue. Um, pool party? People were swimming? Yes. Okay. I, did, I did not swim, but um, I, I brought stuff to swim. The water was too cold. Okay. Did not do it. It was a little chilly on the 4th. It was, really. Actually, it, was, it turned out really nice. It could have been like that roasting broiling heat like the east coast now they're dying apparently yeah. apparently they've never had heat before there <laughs> from the from the twitters that i've seen from people in yeah new york it's like uh whatever they all turned into a bunch of like like stereotypical new yorkers from the 50s like wearing stained undershirts sitting on like, <laughs> right. their stoops with their, their fashion skates. fan going <laughs> right. and like, a block slow, of ice in front of it the slow turning fan. <laughs> melting block of ice right, totally, totally. so we can make fun because it was 69 degrees here today. It was gorgeous yeah, today. It was with awesome. a little drizzle in the morning. I know. Like, I love the overcast. It's fine. That was great. Yeah. I no, no. Actually, June's my one of my favorite weather months here. Oh, you like the June gloom? I love the June gloom. The but I'm from Phoenix, where it's always, you know, Blazingly like the surface of the sun. Sunny, yeah. yeah. I don't love the June gloom. I, I think a it's too a much little depressing. I was yeah. born here, and it weirds me out. You were born here? Yeah. Oh, I don't know anyone that was born here. <laughs> you, know, you know me. Now you do. Now yeah. I do. Um, yeah, it, it, it still weirds me out, and I expect it. But I, I spent a lot of years living in, like, Huntington Beach and stuff like that, where, you know, you get overcast in the morning, and, and then it gets sunny. Like, you know, it is June gloom, but it seems right at the beach. That yeah, they have that marine layer at the beach, rather right. than 20 miles inland. Right, right exactly. What's up with that? <laughs> oh, poor planning. Yeah, <laughs> very poor planning. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> I actually uh, wanted to ask you about um, where you grew up or where and where you were born because oh. I am uh, having grown up in the Southwest and fascinated by the rest of this, the, the, the Southeast, South, the real <laughs> South. Yeah, um, I, I had spent some time last year on the honeymoon in uh, Schuyler, Virginia, in Asheville, North Carolina. Fantastic! You are from one of the Carolinas, right? Or- I was born in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And then I grew up in South Carolina. Okay. But I have been to Asheville because it's an awesome town. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really. <laughs> been to the mountains. Is it a college town? I think, or is it just quaint? So. Well, it's, it's, it's like it's like kind of like bohemian artsy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a, what would you call it? Yeah, I, I, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like bohemian Austin. and hippie. Like and, an yeah, like an Austin. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, a, yeah. it's like a mountain town. Uh-huh. Um, but 
I mean, there's an anarchist bookstore and coffee place. There's all these great bars. There's, uh, I mean, there's music <laughs> all over the place. Do people pay for anything in the anarchist bookstore? <laughs> <laughs> they throw their money at the cashier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in their face. It's in your face. Yeah. There's a symbol of the <laughs> They hand them their credit card upside down. <laughs> nice. like, you have to turn nice. that around and swipe it. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been to the anarchist bookstore. It's uh, what's there like bomb? How to make a bomb? Just anarchist books. books yeah. The anarchist cookbook. No, it's more of a, I think political theory than uh, right. any mechanics of it. Okay, but I think so. <laughs> but it's a cool town for sure. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah. So West South Virginia, and South Carolina. Most most of my time was in Charleston, South Carolina. Okay. How long did you live in West Virginia, or was it just? Um, I we. I was born there, and um, my parents divorced in 1980. Amicably, we still like each other as people, thank God. <laughs> and um, I moved to, we all moved, my mom and my brother and I, we moved to Charleston, South Carolina in, um, I was in the fourth grade. Hmm. Or I started in the fifth grade down there, so. She so just had little kid years. And- I had my little kid years in, in uh, it was the best of both worlds, in the mountains. And then my formative Years in near the beach, the coast. on the beach, yeah, on the coast. coast. I just—it's funny, you know. I don't. I just—I've been to a couple beaches on the east coast, and I never think of it as beach. I think of it as coast, even though I know it's beaches. Yeah, it's a, be- it's a beach, I guess. Yeah, it's yeah. not like there's like surfers the hanging out though. Right? Well, there's surfers. I mean, there are surfers, but I don't think the waves are like the Pacific or anything. I mean, like there's certain spots on the east coast, like. Where I'm from, there's an area called Folly Beach that people like. And then I guess in North Carolina, there's Hatteras. And uh, there's just, like, spots up and up and down. Cool. But I don't know a lot about that because I don't surf. Yeah. <laughs> Does anybody in this room surf? Uh, body surf. Which is weird because I grew up in Huntington Beach in part and never... You never got on a board. I've been on a skateboard for a total of maybe five minutes in my life. I've, and I've never been on a surfboard. I've been on a surfboard. How'd that work out? It was, it was fun. I was young, so, you know, I had a lot of energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just can't picture myself <laughs> now it seems getting into the like surfing. It would take a lot more energy yeah. than yeah. I have. Body surfing is fun because it's basically just, you know, yes, swimming. Yes, my husband, Paul, likes to body surf. Oh, yeah? Yes. Where you get, uh, I do Zuma. We should all go to Zuma. We, we were actually thinking of a beach party at Zuma, like Zuma 13. Is yeah, I, we don't take advantage of the beach enough here. Uh, we, we talk about that all the time. I, same thing. We yeah. sit there and go, we should take the baby to the beach. Yeah. Never, never <laughs> Last hours. summer we went to the Annenberg Community Beach House. Have you been there? No, I have not. Oh, it's fantastic. It's um, Marion Davies' old... Is that right? Is that somebody? Mary and Davies? <laughs> oh, Mary and Davies. I'm like, I thought you meant Mary and Davy. I'm like, Mary and Davies. <laughs> you know Mary and Davy, right? <laughs> yeah, Mary and Davy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. It's her old something, like beach house that Howard Hughes built for her or something. Probably. Yeah. Crap. Okay. And, um, and um, they've turned it into a community uh, oh. pool that's on the beach that has awesome gourmet food and stuff like that yeah that's pretty fantastic and you have to you know like they only let so many people in a day make so you a make a reservation and yeah it's it's amazing where is it it's um it's like right when you get 
on the one, the Pacific Coast Highway, it's like right there. Like if you take the 10 straight to okay. the beach. So like Santa get, Monica. You, Santa Monica, it's yeah. It's at Santa Monica State Beach and it was actually a Will, William Randolph Hearst. Okay, sorry. Hearst, I was going to no. say, if I'm it's not, not good at my history. If it's not uh, uh, Howard Hughes, it's Hearst. Okay, I get him. Those are the two confused. dudes that did that kind of. Okay, those are the guys. Crazy rich guys that did weird he stuff. He was a crazy rich guy that had a mistress <laughs> or something. Yeah, yeah. And then he gave her all this stuff. I should have known that right away. I yeah. Should I should have immediately <laughs> smacked you down on that, but I didn't. Which one was Susan Cain based on? No, it was her. Hers. Hers. It was her. Yeah. It was her. Okay. That's the one. Yeah. That's cool. the one. Cool. And he has the crazy mansion like a couple hours from here or something. San, yeah, in San Simeon. Yeah, I've never been. Yeah. Xanadu. But everyone says go and everyone says stay at the Madonna Inn and all this stuff. Yeah. We're going to talk about that too. <laughs> Madonna Inn, it's like on the way out of town, right? Yeah, it's like near that. It's near San Simeon. Near St. Simeon. And all the rooms are different and yeah, all the things. Yeah, and it's driven by it. Yeah, it's supposed it to be pretty really fun. Cool. It's yeah. pretty, yeah. <laughs> we've, we've talked about that. Tish and I have talked about that. Like, There's so much I want to do around here. I just never get it. Who's got the time? He's got the time and money. Yeah. I, I, want, I mean, yeah. Yeah. We're near Joshua Tree. I want to go to Yosemite. Oh, have, wanna... you, have you ever, you've never no. been to Joshua Tree? We went to Joshua Tree over Valentine's Day weekend. Was um, it fantastic? Yes, did you love it? I did. And I liked going also just north of there to Frontier Town, which is like this abandoned... Pa- Pappy and Harriet's. <laughs> yeah. Um, we couldn't get into Pappy and Harriet's because uh, you needed reservations, it turned out. Um, but, Good. yeah. But hmm. the Frontier Town's like, it was an old West, like Wild West movie sets. Okay, I think I've heard of this place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That sounds fun. It was crazy. And then, yeah, of course, you know, hiking all over Joshua Yeah, yeah, Park I love the stuff. desert, so... I really want to get the, the Graham Parsons room at the Joshua Tree Inn and just, like, hole up and just, like, get loaded and record a bunch of songs. Yeah. That's, like, my dream. What about Alan Parsons? Alan Parsons Project, or...? Is, is that the... I just hate their project. I don't have no beef with Alan Parsons. <laughs> with the dude? Yeah. <laughs> like, if he came up to you, you'd be like, all right. Please, no more projects. <laughs> and there's Jack Parsons, who Jack Parsons. was uh, uh, Alistair Crowley's disciple, right? Oh, right, right. Yeah. That's just nutty. No, not in, no, don't know. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> but my problem with Joshua Tree and places like that is I used to hike for a living, so... I How do you hike for a living? Think, oh, we were talking about archaeology again. Archaeology. Yeah, yeah last oh. on, on the show with Ron Babcock, yeah. we were talking about uh, Gene's secret Indiana Jones pass. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I like it. We'll thumbnail it for you, boo, archaeology. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to hike at Joshua Tree. No, you can I, go to the 29 Palms Inn. <laughs> you can hire someone to carry you. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you <laughs> can, like, lounge. Chair. You can lounge. Yeah, I would lounge. That's I'm, how I'm I like, like to do stuff. I'm like... I'll yeah. have to lounge. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. The hiking, not so much. There's, there's like two places that I would hike. Like, what? Um, Where? There's, uh, well, Zion National Park, I did a hike when I was in the Boy Scouts, and it was really awesome. Um, and there's a place called Happy Camp that I worked at in far northern California where there's like really nice swimming creek. Oh, I like, yeah. I would hike, you know, since so like a five mile hike in. Like, yeah. That kind of stuff. That's like, good. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've hiked in Yosemite. What about Yosemite? Never been. Oh my gosh! I did. I think when I was a kid. Where is Yosemite? It's like five hours from here. Okay. Okay. Northeast. Yeah. Okay, Maya. Or no, wait. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking of Yellowstone. Is that in Wyoming? That's that's. Way, okay, yeah, that's I'm far thinking away. the other. Yeah, we went there. The I went with some friends, and we kept calling it Yellowstone. Yeah. As a joke. <laughs> Which one <laughs> like is Yosemite? Jellystone. 
Got it. <laughs> Which I don't think is real. <laughs> I don't think that's true. It's sort of uh, a fictional one. I would say that's fictional. But <laughs> you do pronounce the word pick-a-nick, right? It is. Yeah. Pick-a-nick. Yeah, you have to have a pick-a-nick. Fair enough. <laughs> no, Yosemite is phenomenal. You should go. Is that, that, is, that has El Capitan, right? Uh, what is that again? The big rock. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, the big the rock. The climb. tall. Yeah. It also has the Yosemite Falls and stuff. <laughs> I sound like an idiot. No, no I do. I keep okay. messing things up. I don't know. I just I've, I've I'm realizing <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know Hearst from Hughes or who Hefner or whatever. <laughs> yeah, all three rich crazy guys. Rich crazy talking. people yeah. With, yeah. with H's. Yeah. yeah. Um, Someday that'll be me. Yeah, uh, yeah. I hope so. Hubbard will be on the great Mount Rushmore of nutty, right. rich nincompoop. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> nincompoop. That's gonna that's gonna be my tombstone on my tombstone. He was a rich nincompoop. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that's a lot of characters to fit on a tombstone. Yeah, it is. So uh, you can only fit 140 characters on a tombstone now. That would be if your tombstone is constantly tweeting, which I'm sure it would right. be awesome. Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. Digital I, tombstones, and they could change the message all the time. Hey, guys, six feet under, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> nice. LOL. I don't know. I'm, I'm really hoping that Twitter is a distant memory when I have the yeah. occasion to use a tombstone. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I, I really like, I like, what do you think of Twitter? I like Twitter. I have uh, sort of uh, fallen and out of love with it sometimes, you know, where like I like it when I'm kind of uh, bored. <laughs> Get into I think people's that's why I'm on it all the stuff. time. And then, and then if I'm the busy, I go away from it. And I'm like, oh, I haven't really been doing that, uh, reading people's stuff. And then I go back and then I feel like I didn't really miss a lot. Yeah, but I sort of um, I don't know. I have a lot of news feeds on mine, so I'll just check it for headlines and mm-hmm. stuff. That yeah. seems a good use of it. Yeah, I think it is. I, well, so that's why I, we were talking about this at uh, that party. It's it's um, like if I didn't have a list of the people like about I have about a hundred people that I actually care about hearing stuff from. Yeah, I don't care. Not that I don't care about hearing everybody. You want to know what I they want are, to, what they're I, thinking. I've been trying to explain it in, in in some blogs and stuff, it, but it's basically like. If I was throwing a party, these are the people that I would be. I would be. I would want to show up, and if they didn't show up, I'd be disappointed. Got it. Everyone's welcome, and everyone can participate in the conversation. But these people, if they're right. saying something, I'm like, I want to know. You want to know? I'm yeah. doing the. I'm doing the uh, prairie dog po- poke <laughs> my head up. <laughs> I like some of the interactive stuff that happens, like when there's a a game or something yeah hashtags are something that when I first yeah. saw them I was like boo hashtags no they're and very now I'm funny like, totally to me like, yeah yeah I'm all over yeah if I have the time and space you yeah, know right. I'll be like oh I want to participate in this one and I'll be like wow some people are crazy funny clever <laughs> like I can't even compete but know? I think it's one of those it's one of those things where um, if I come to a really good hashtag game like 20 minutes into it, like, I have to check the post because 80% of the good ideas are gone. Oh, you think? I, I, I know. Really? Most of the time, yeah. Unless it's, like, something... I don't totally look. Obscure. I just, I just like, it's. I'm a buckshot person, so... Yeah, I have to spray. because I, I, have <laughs> the, I have the stand-up comics, like... Oh, right, this, I the don't code. Wanna, the code. I, well, not the code, but I just, I don't want to trot over the same ground. That's that's an actually, like, a, a comedic instinct that I have... 
I'm, I mean, I'm not a stand-up comic. I, I've written a little stuff here or there, sketch comedy, whatever. But that's something I learned about, a strategy where, like, the first joke you come up with, you have to throw away because everybody else has come up with the same joke. Especially when writing, like, topical humor, news stories and stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, Twitter's totally, stuff. yeah. No, Twitter is, like, you could do a thesis on that exact thing. It's like, yeah. Michael Jackson died. How many, like, you know, pedophilia jokes can you get in the first five minutes yeah. or right. whatever? It's like right, right, low-hanging right. fruit. You know what, for me, it was on the blog I did, uh, I threw, threw a photo up there that they've taken of the universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, haha, the universe is going to say, this picture makes me look fat. And sure enough, like, everybody else on every they block. had a version of that. Yeah, too. the camera adds forty trillion cuts. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, so I had to think about it for a while, and I ended up making a paparazzi joke. But, but if you're in a writer's room with nine other people, I mean, it's not like you're competing with like fifteen thousand people. <laughs> you know right, what I mean? Like, right. like yeah. Totally. Well, I think. Well, that's the thing is, a lot of the people I follow are, you know, writers and comics and stuff. So I think that microcosm. You know, it's pretty, it's like being in a big writer's room. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, we did um, an experiment uh, of writing sketches, um, like six or seven of us, and Twitter, between Twitter and um, Google Wave. And Google Wave? I don't use that. Nobody does. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's it's a collaborative thing. It's 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 the concept is interesting. The execution mm-hmm. makes me want to pull my eyeballs out. I do like all things Google. It, it's not. It's an idea whose time has not come. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's like a real time cloud. It's kind of like a combination of like Google Documents and Gmail and Twitter because mm. you can have like threaded conversations. So like we would post, I would post a sketch, and then. People would read it and give me notes, and it was like an inline conversation okay. thing. With people you know or people that you meet online? You know, actually, it was all people I'd met online. People, okay. But it was like people like uh, Casey and stuff like that. Casey said, oh. oh, yes, Casey said, And um, a couple of the folks, Dave Stone. A funny Twitter for those of you listening yeah, yeah, that yeah, like Twitter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're not following at Casey, C A I S S I E, you are missing out on. The full Twitter experience. Yes, she is a, a pro- prolific tweeter. Yeah, um, but yeah, it, it, it was it was fun. Uh, you know, we, we gave ourselves a deadline, and I think a, I think a goodly half of us finished. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'd like to collaborate with people online yeah. somehow. Yeah. It's hard enough for me to collaborate with my friends in person. Well, that's the thing. Is, <laughs> like, is let's get really, together. Okay. Really, you know, with like <laughs> auditions and driving and day jobs and just like being, you know, trapped at a desk or whatever. My, my, my job, my day job is totally like, you know, I was late for this because something blew up. And I, What's your day job? <clears throat> I work for a large healthcare company in their IT department. Okay, and you have to go in to... I didn't have to... Well, I'm either monitoring different things or, like, things are breaking and I have to fix them. Okay. So, it's just a pain in the butt. Mm. But I think that I think that collaborative space, especially now that, like, video is getting huge, is going to be a lot easier. Like, if, like FaceTime on the new iPhone, mm-hmm. that'll make it a lot easier because it's still easier to talk to someone in person than just to type stuff out. Yeah. Um, I've heard good things about that. Uh, I forget the name of the product, Dell and Pages. 
their spokesperson now. Where you... Those ads really annoy me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only ad that's more annoying is those Miracle Whip commercials. Wait, where are the Miracle Whip commercials? You haven't seen those where it's like, man, it's all hip and oh, in your face. Yeah, I watch a lot of ads because I go out for a lot of ads and right. I see people I know and stuff. And <laughs> yeah. So I'll be like, oh, oh, that's so-and-so or whatever, you know? But um, so, like, I'll actually like rewind the TV to watch. Yep. Yeah, I do the, uh, it drives Tish nuts because I'm like, it's, it's she's getting it like with both barrels because last comic standings on, and they just I mean, when they did the LA auditions, it was like, oh look, it's so and so. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm show with them. Oh look, I went to one of the tapings. Did you? So I watched last night's because I was like, it's at the Alex Cedar in Glendale, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're yeah, trying yeah. to pass it off as coming from Hollywood. That's Glendale. That's not Hollywood. <laughs> coming from Hollywood adjacent. <laughs> coming from 10 minutes from Hollywood. They cut two comics out of last night. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, two performances? Yeah. That's they lame. always do stuff like that, though. I don't know. Were they the people that got canned? I, can't, I, don't, I don't know because I didn't see the preliminary episodes. But um, it was Tom Shalou and David Cope. They didn't show okay. their performances, and they're both very funny comedians. So yeah. it was kind of like whatever, know. dude. Cutthroat. I'm telling you, it's cutthroat. But it's, <laughs> but it's kind of weird, though. It's kind of weird and ridiculous. It's a weird show because um, the fact that they have judges when you can't really judge stand-up comedy. Although I do have to say that, and we talked about this a little bit last podcast. Um, if anyone was going to be objectively judging my comedy, I'd want Andy Kindler to be on that panel. Oh, well, <laughs> well they're all three really. I mean, and, yeah, yeah. Legere, uh, and, and Natasha is 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 good too, and, and I don't know Geraldo, but but I like how Geraldo just says the same thing to every comedian. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you're very funny, you're very funny, like every single time. I'm like, right. that doesn't mean anything. You just said it to 25 people. Like they're gonna be like, you just said that to the guy in front of me. Like I don't. You're very funny, and one of you is gonna get cut. So I... <laughs> you're very funny. So don't be mad at me. You're very funny. <laughs> well, the producers make have have their their votes cast more weight than the judges. Oh, of course. System, so. Well, because they're putting together a cast of sorts as opposed Pretty to... Pretty yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. You both saw last night's or... Did not. I'm still, I saw I'm, last night twice because I was at the right, physical right, taping right. and then I watched it again. You experienced last night and was, then you watched that, it. Yeah. The whole thing with... Um, that guy on Last Coming Standing last night, he was crazy. Tory, yeah. He was such a creep. Yeah. He was terrible. I was there for the taping. And was it, was it like, as awkward? Yes. It what was have, what, which one? a thousand times awkward. This guy, Guy, guy Tory... He came on, he did his act, which was kind of weirdly racially obsessed. <laughs> like, and, and, and. Was he, was he from New York? No, I think he's an LA dude. I don't remember him. He, he's a, he's he? the actor from American History X who plays Edward oh, Norton's bunkmate or right, right, workmate right. or whatever. They were giving him critique and he was really, really defensive and, and was kind of like, Okay, you're wrong. Okay, but you're wrong. Like that's not that's not what I said, or that's not what I did. But whatever, yeah, whatever, yeah. you know. And uh, and then um, he did this whole like hammy thing at the end where he knew he wasn't going to go on, so he had this little you know bag Mo- packed already. Moment. Yeah, he walked up he on stage with funny. his bags, like ready to go for the elimination. With like a super self satisfied <laughs> look on his like like I you I can't be- fire me. I quit. He, Kind of, but then it's like, why are you standing up? <laughs> like, <laughs> he just like was, I don't know what that act was all about, but yeah. it was sort of, in, it was uh, weird. When, when you're telling Monica Lewinsky jokes in 2010, it's 
Time to go back to the drawing board. Guess what? We weren't funny. weren't funny in 98 or whatever. Uh, <laughs> Wasn't really? that funny back then? <laughs> not funny then, not funny now. Really? Yeah. yeah. Holy crap. Oh, I gotta watch these. Yeah. Totally. I'm behind like two episodes. Yeah. Until I've kind of, I just Well, like, I mean, they're asking you to do, uh, you know, watch two hours of it every week. That's... Uh, that's true. It's a commitment. It's been really... Big. I mean, this is... Of course, we're asking our listeners to listen to our two-hour episodes every week, so... <laughs> well, this is funny. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> oh! Zing! Last comic standing. We're, we're not going to cause an awkward stir and leave in the middle. Yeah, yeah. I, I've never been to anything at the Alex Theater, and I... As it's Hollywood, right? like... <laughs> It's in Glendale, and they have, like, I think they put on, like, plays in Armenian and stuff there. Which, which... And you have never been? I've never... so weird. Armenian? (laughs) I wonder how many dyslexic... And this is totally serious. I wonder how many dyslexic Armenians there are, because the Armenian language, when you look at it written, do not all the characters look exactly the same? I've never looked at written... They all look like R's and U's. They look like a series of R's and U's. Look, next time you see a sign in Armenian... For yeah. those of you who don't live in the greater Los Angeles area, <laughs> go online and look up Armenian, the Armenian alphabet. It's seriously like a bunch of R's and U's. But probably to a non-native English speaker, our you know English language looks just as I don't know though. I think the letters seem more differentiated, and having you know taken like Japanese and things like that, yeah, I can differentiate the characters. Yeah, I don't know. So I'm glad I don't know how they. Guys, I, I want your opinions. I seriously want your opinions. Welcome to the Shaky Town Linguistics Hour. I'm sorry. I just had to. I, it <laughs> no, it, I totally it fascinates don't. me. And every time someone brings up Armenians, I'm just like, I think about that. I'm like, you should go to an Armenian play at the Alex Theater and see how they do. But speaking, it just sounds like you know, Armenian. just like whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just like your average, you know. Right. Middle Easternish language. Everything I've ever learned about Armenians was from the series The Shield. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to say that was my first experience. Like, I know they have money trains, you know? <laughs> and, right. and that's, like, what I know about them, so. So it's probably all right. It's probably, yeah, I think it's, it's probably right. 100% accurate. Yeah. <laughs> now, that, one, that, that show was the one that started the commish, right? Yes. Yes, Big Mackey. <laughs> so good. I have, so good. I have, don't ruin it because I, I bought Amazon had the complete series on sale and I got it. Okay, I'm not gonna give you. I'm not gonna say any spoilers, but can I say how much how awesome the finale of the entire yeah, thing was? Yeah, it was. <laughs> That's brilliant. all I'm saying. Okay. One of the best series finales on television. Yeah, ever. amazing series yeah. finale. There's a lot of uh, Shield folks who live in this neighborhood. Oh, actually. who? And well, what's their address? <laughs> <laughs> We're going there now. Uh, <laughs> and please excuse me. <laughs> CCH Pounder had a gallery. Look, oh my god, I'm obsessed with CCH Pounder. Yeah, she had a, a gallery on Glendale Boulevard. Was... No, her gallery now is on Pico, right? Okay, yeah, I think it's yeah, kind yeah. of moved. She has yeah. African art gallery. I know a lot about CCH. Oh, she's awesome. I'm a big fan of her work. And um, I try I try to get her agent to represent me. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a couple times, actually. <laughs> and she always rejects me in a really nice way. No, no, well, she's mean, a good rejection. It could be worse. It's a it good rejection. Yeah, yeah. Listen, rejection is part of this business. Yeah. And it, you have to respect someone that rejects you in a, with respect. Yeah, in a dignified manner. Yes. Because right. so many people could be dicks. And she is someone who has done that to me repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't had a like, supremely bad like rejection ex- experience in the industry here. I have like the... 
you're working somewhere and then your time comes like to an end and you're waiting for like the hiatus to end or whatever and you're waiting to come back and like you just never get the call and then uh-huh. suddenly you see like somebody else has your job. That they're not going to call you. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had like the supreme like get the hell out of here. I've just been oh, okay cool. But that's Maybe a rejection. It's... Yeah. I mean you're you're describing a rejection I think. Yeah. Yeah. What's beautiful about the rejection is that it comes in all forms. <laughs> like, it, you really can't... <laughs> there's no limit to the imagination when it comes to the type of rejections that you will experience in show business. And that's what really keeps it fresh, I think. Yeah. Is that, that, that's, the, that's the awesome that's part. That's sort of the awesome part. Like, oh, I'm used to this. Oh, there's something completely different. Oh, oh wait. So, <laughs> so it can happen this way, too? Oh, that's just like more painful than I thought it could be. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, yes. <clears throat> we we talked about this a little bit in the, the Ron Babcock episode that you know it's like bombing on stage, you know. But I, I that's think an immediate rejection. Totally immediate rejection. Right. Well, I mean, it depends on how much that's you dwell. Real on time. It. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's definitely real time, and and then you choose to, you know, whether you take that to heart and live with it for a while, right. or whether you just go. Eh, Right, right. Like the trick, uh, like the trick is like, it will the rejection make me feel that much closer to my goal? Like, like, or is it that much bigger of a gulf between standing between me and my my goal? Right. And I mean, you know, I feel like you can't just consistently be one way. Um, I think the goals, having you know perspective on your goals is the important part, regardless. And I think it's, uh, um, yeah, is, is it is a constructive experience or a destructive experience? Right. And you shouldn't be the person who's heaping more bad the things rejection on yourself. On yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that's, I mean, with comedy, I mean, I know for me, <clears throat> it's, you know, uh, we talked a little bit about last week about the open mic being, who cares if anybody laughs or yells at you or throws fruit at you, you know, you just walk away because the open mics are not to receive the accolades of an audience. Right. They're, 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 they're not auditions. They're, you know, you're not being paid. You're just being, you're just saying your words. You're just saying your words. Yes. So, you know, it's like. The thing that I've been sort of struggling with lately is like, I've actually been being rejected by higher up people you've and higher moved, up jobs you've so in a weird up. way like I'm, I'm doing better <laughs> right, right, right. the rejection is coming from <laughs> right like I'm more giving you more like exactly right. I'm like oh well, I didn't get that that part but I got actually seen for that part like I never could have been seen for that part yeah. like four years ago or you know whatever so yeah so like there's you know it's all about perspective too like it's yeah you know well, I think that's, I, th- I think, yeah, well, that's actually, uh, we, this is a good segue to talk about uh, your vlog. Oh, my vlog, yeah. which people are mad because I haven't been updating as frequently as <laughs> much. But, but it, I have stuff backed up. I'm going to put it on oh, cool. the computer. Uh, uh, yes, yeah. I have a vlog. And it's called? It is called My So-Called Hollywood Life. It now lives on Vimeo.com. And uh, if you go to Vimeo.com and type in My So-Called Hollywood Life, you'll find it. Yeah. Um, I used to be on Blogspot, but they don't 
host their video stuff is like broken all the time. Yeah. So screw those guys. So I moved. I moved to Vimeo.com. Boo. <laughs> but the idea of the vlog, I've been I've been vlogging now for since two thousand and eight. Um, so uh, two years, a little over two years, and um, just basically it's like a docu style, docu style moments, snapshots of mm-hmm. being a struggling actor in LA or New York. Um, that's why I haven't been vlogging as much because I feel it's so repetitive. <laughs> like it's a lot of like me like going to an audition or talking about not having an audition or like hanging out with my friends and like just living my life. Like it's not. You but know. I think that's I think that's that's a very attractive quality about it is is it is you know you're very honest about that kind of thing. And when you like I remember you posted some stuff where you were on a shoot and with the, it was when the cops were telling everybody to move the Oh cops. yeah, yeah. You know, it's like totally slice of life. And anyone who's anyone who's ever worked on a set, that's exactly how things go. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like yeah. especially low budge kind of yeah, fringy it was a stuff. Independent independent <clears throat> movie I shot this year called Some Guy Who Kills People which I'm very excited about coming out. Um it's directed by Jack Perez. Now I'm plugging my. It's a good way <laughs> no, to yeah, get, go, get into. Dude, I don't know. It's a it's a it's a independent film called Some Guy Who Kills People, and Jack Perez directed it. Who's awesome. He directed this hilarious movie called Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. Oh. And um, and this particular film is not the same genre. It's sort of a quirky dark comedy thriller, and it stars Kevin Corrigan and Lucy Davis. That was in the British Office. I don't know if you remember yep, the British absolutely. Office. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. You know, oh, it was just so fun to work on. And, um, but so yeah, it was, does the giant octopus have a cameo? Uh, well, you'll have to wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers he plays, here. He plays the barista. <laughs> I signed a non disclosure, so I, I don't want to give that away. Okay, no shaky problem. town. No problem. But, but yeah, so, so I was shooting that, uh, and, and the, the cops were like, you can't park here. And that was part of the vlog that day. But, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> but I think that's, there's a sort of photojournalistic. But what is I don't know yeah. yeah yeah whatever you call it yeah I mean I, I that's that's you know I'm I'm okay with that kind of stuff because I think you you know it's it's interesting to see somebody going through what like every actor in this town knows yeah and why the, the part of the reason I started the vlog that the, doing it was in a weird way it was like. My family, like, they kind of know about what it's like. But people who are not struggling actors and in show business, they don't really know what the day-to-day is like. Like, they don't understand, you know, how all the waiting and all of the sort of, like, the pain of, you know, the ups and the downs. And and, um, so that was, like, one of the reasons I started it. But I started it two years ago, and my whole idea was, like, I'm going to document you know, the struggle. And then when I get something big, it's going to be awesome when it happens on the vlog. And it's like, oh, it's been two years. <laughs> I haven't really got anything. But, like, I want to continue doing it because I really do feel like, you know, I will book a job that's pretty exciting. And it would be fun to have it be a part of yeah. the vlog and the yeah. journey and everything. But, but yeah, it's hard to describe what it's like unless you're in it. Yeah, I think, and that's the pe- people just don't get it until you see it. No, it, there's I think no people way. Think, I think people Even the think, vlog doesn't teach people. I, I think yeah. people think that it's, like, playing a slot machine that you just you know eventually it comes up jackpot and there's a magical part of the process yeah well there is a magical part i think but it's it's on top of all of the years of right but it's not like the elay but it's not just like showing up at you know schwab's and you're you're gonna be a star kid you happen to catch my eye kind of thing you know that, that it's going to these you know i mean a lot of the 
comics that I know do commercial work. And, you know, it's yeah. I know. I see you're gonna a lot, play. A lot of them. You're gonna. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're, you're gonna play like you know fat guy with a head cold or whatever, right. and it's you know just go into those over and over again, and you know. I also think you never know what's gonna take off. Like I totally agree. You know, like you you said, you know, you're hoping that the the blog covers you scoring something big. This movie that uh, is in post-production now could end up being the thing, you know? Right, like it could end up being like a June bug or something. I mean, I don't think it will. I mean, I hope it will, but it's yeah. not, you know. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not going into it thinking it will right, be that. Right. But, like, you never know. I mean, look at, oh, I know sort of, I'm acquaintances, I guess I should say, with this girl that went to the same drama school I went to. Um, she did this movie called Paranormal Activity. And it was yeah. just like this sort of crazy underground thing that got huge. And now she's, you know, she's like got a contract with like Paramount and stuff, you know. And, you know, I I shot like a short with her five years ago. She was like fresh into town and sweetest girl, like couldn't have happened to someone nicer. Um, and I'd see her like at commercial auditions and stuff. But she didn't know doing paranormal activity yeah. was going to right. turn into something really big. Right. I think that's part of another element that you have to bring to the table, which is being open to everything. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's a painful part, too, <laughs> because you open yourself up to stuff, and it, it's like, you you know, in a way, that's a form of rejection. Like, you might do a paranormal activity that doesn't take off, and mm -hmm. you just see it sort of, like, sit on someone's shelf, and, and, you know, you put all that time and effort and sort of heart into it. Yeah. But you just got to believe yeah, I think, well, that's the thing is I, I, I you know, it, you do what you, you know, you do what you can do and, yes. and then don't take on too much of, you know, the bad stuff, <laughs> yes. you know, the negative energy, I guess. Yes. Um, and, uh, it's hard because I think, cause this is another, I keep talking about rejection, but it's been something I've been sort of struggling with lately. Um, it's, it's weirdly cumulative. Right, because like you've been in, like like I've been in in technically, I guess, trying to have a career for ten years now, and you know, after two years, it's like, well, of course, I'm gonna you know not get in, be seen for this huge project, you know, the Spielberg movie or whatever. Like I've only been in you know L.A. for two years, and I'm just starting out or whatever. And then like as time goes on and time goes on, you're like, oh my gosh, like. There's no reason I should not be being seen for that. Like I am, I am so perfect for that part, and like I've you know been working so hard, and so like it kind of like builds and builds. Yeah, yeah. And so then your skin also has to become thicker yeah. as it as you go along, and and stay open. I don't know, like this, like I'm describing like the most possible impossible thing. Like how do you stay open and vulnerable and positive amidst all of this like well I think I, I, no I, I, I don't think it's impossible I just think it requires a lot of it requires a lot of doing the right thing at the right time because you have to you know I'm thinking of in, in, in terms of, of what I understand which is improv and sketch and stand up mm -hmm. where you need to know the rules but you also need to know when to bend the rules and when to break the rules. And you also need to know when to ditch something that's not working. Right. And, I mean, it's like you need to have the right response. And I think when, it's when people get trapped in habits, like really bad habits of, like, 
I got rejected and I'm taking it personal and it's yeah. just like, you know. Like that guy, J- uh, Tori or, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, totally, yeah, yeah. totally. From the last comic standing. Like, yeah. that's a good example. Like, you should just like, say, who cares? Yeah, you should just be like, thank you for your time. It was fun. See you later. And then move on. Yeah, know? totally, totally. It's, yeah. It's, um, but yeah, I think it's a matter of, I think it's a matter of having the flexibility and to do the, you know, the mental wiggling to say, okay, I am doing the acting job now, which is where I have to be receptive to ideas and I have to, you know, and now it's like, oh, I'm getting rejected. So I need to be the gracious loser at this yes, point yes. and say, well, it's like, and now when you get in the car, you have to be like, I have to let this roll off my back. It's all part of the process. <laughs> or you can cry for 15 <laughs> <Or> minutes. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. But don't take it to heart. <laughs> right. Don't take it to heart. Right, right. Because then you would just be destroyed and eviscerated at every turn. I, I like, when I think about like pursuing a creative field, like acting, writing, comedy, sketch, you know, whatever in, right. in this business, in show business, which is a business, which is hard to fit this creative part right, right, of you right. into or whatever like you know how i always think of like those um reality shows like the world's hardest jobs and it's right. always it's always like the like the hardest physical job mm-hmm. right like it's the hardest right. like like you could be dangerous. crushed in a milling machine yeah yeah you could be <laughs> your your arm can get cut off if you right. look away for one second i'm like in a weird way and like i feel like this pursuit is one of the world's hardest jobs but psychological, like it's like yeah. a mental. It takes its toll. It's a danger. It's a dangerous yeah. job. It can be a dangerous pursuit on your on your soul. On well, your... I mean, we just look at the number of of comedians and actors and, and musicians who are sitting around bored and get hooked on drugs. I mean, it's, it's yeah, and it's they anesthetize themselves it's kind of with booze or pot or yeah, whatever. You know, like have a you know. You have to get up at three in the morning for like a call early in the morning, and then you sit around for twelve hours for to actually do two hours worth of work. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah, it's a it's a cush job when you get the jobs. I mean, they're like right, cush, right, right. they're cush jobs like manually. Like I don't mm-hmm. mean to like undermine right. the bit. I'm just talking like the mental. Can... Tenacity that you yeah. must possess. Is yeah. Like... Well, you got to lay on an anthill for. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! My, my character was uh, uh, this, not red uh, ants. <laughs> red ants? I don't know. I was bitten up. You were? Yeah. He was. He was uh, decommissioned for a, a moment at, at this point in the the movie, and he was on a hill. Yeah, we were in like this thorny bush and stuff, and yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Yeah. I mean, and that wasn't too. I mean, I've had jobs that are more physically. Uh, exhausting than that yeah but it still was kind of a pain and um there was even stuff psychologically yeah like you said there i mean there was stuff i had to task i had to repeat over and over and over again and it, it would drive me nuts i had to do a uh, a scene with with swords mm-hmm. and i'm not a professional fencer i've never been in a fencing class and i was just really fr- it was like learning to do the first dance that my wife and I had to do for the yeah. the wedding. Like, we hired a, a choreographer and the whole thing, and those sessions were, oh, we <laughs> hated each other. You did? Yeah. Like, you just keep messing up. No, you messed up. Actually, you're the one stepping the wrong way. No, you are. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was like a ropes course. <laughs> like, getting you prepared for marriage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you do the trust fall? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the scene worked out, and... Casey Care, the first dance worked out. Yeah, looked beautiful. Um, 
<laughs> well, you got married, <laughs> <Good>. so <laughs> you, you managed to weather the storm of the, uh, the dance Right, session, right. So. Uh, now I'm noticing your vegan books on your shelf. Oh, yeah. Now that you mentioned that earlier you were vegan. Yeah. Now I should have, I should have picked up on those clues. <laughs> <laughs> but the great thing is, you know, yeah, we end up making a lot of our own food. You know? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I like to cook. Yeah? Yeah. What's uh, the most ambitious ambitious dish that you've attempted oh my gosh i don't really attempt too many ambitious dishes i made duck recently oh yeah is that that's not very ambitious Roast duck? no just like on the stove like <laughs> no i mean i grew up in a meat-eating family we never had duck really yeah it's i made um cassoulet from scratch Ooh, which is delicious delicious and it takes three months to cook it does. <laughs> well, if you're doing it right, you confit the duck. Uh-huh. So you cook the duck ahead of time and then Oof, set yeah. it up under a layer of duck fat to basically preserve it. And then you sit it in the fridge for however long you want. Yeah, I usually pick, like, simple stuff to make. It's really simple to make. It really comes down to assembly. It just takes, I mean, it like literally, if you're time. doing it from scratch, it takes three months to cook. Yeah. What's an ambitious vegan dish? Well, I want to try. I haven't looked too but much into it. Eating it would be yeah. ambitious. Well, <laughs> my wife actually started making vegan sausages. Okay. Which and it, it's turned out great. They taste great. I want to attempt a veganized Awakin black mole. Interesting. Oh, I don't like mole. Yeah. A lot of people tell me it's because I've never had the right mole. It could be. I, I've never Is had mole either. I'm not. I'm not a fan. It You're not good. a fan either. Okay. It's all right. I won't reject it out of hand. But most yeah, of it's I mean, too I'll bitter for me. I'll eat it. I'll eat it. But it's, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't order it on the menu. Right. But maybe if you're making your own, it would be good. Yeah. I just. I heard Rick Bayless describe it when I was working on Top Chef Masters because mm-hmm. uh, that was one of his, like his final dishes for the competition, that's and it right. sounded great. And I was like, I wonder if that's vegan or if I can make it vegan. You need to make kimchi. Kimchi. I've, I've, I think I've had Isn't kimchi. Isn't that vegan? Yeah. Vegan? Yeah, because yeah. yeah. it's just fermented kimchi. You just like bury it in the ground or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like kimchi. Kimchi's awesome. <laughs> I know. It, it kind of well, stinks. I've right? made it. I've, yeah, it totally I've, stinks. I've, I've made kimchi before, but I didn't use the right cabbage, so it didn't turn out as good. I like it. It tastes really good. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's really easy to make. I mean, it's basically salt cabbage and then put it on yeah. the top of the fridge for... Have you guys been to the new Korean day spa down on Wilshire? I'm dying to go. Oh, I've heard about we, it. We... What is it called? Like the co-ed ones? It's like Jim Bong Jil or something. Jim... <laughs> I think... I think isn't that the leader of Jim... North Korea? <laughs> <laughs> Kim Jong-il? Wait, maybe it's not a Korean day spa. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's a North It's a recruit, recruitment yeah, center. The brainwashing. Oh my god. Well, they could totally recruit me because I love those places. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they like put the bugs on the feet to eat like, the dead skin or something? Oh wait, no. That's kind of horrifying. No. No. <laughs> Even if they do, no. they do. I, I, I I've heard, I heard of that, but I don't know if that's Korean. If they have the, the, is okay. that Korean? What kind of bugs? Ah. bugs. <laughs> Probably. Oh, no, that's not at this place. Okay. That's not what they do at this place. No, because the Korean day spa is like, it's all about cleanliness, right? Like, it's all like super duper cleanliness. Maybe okay. they scrub the bugs down before they put them in. Maybe they do. <laughs> little tiny bug brushes. <laughs> that would be cute. <laughs> Very cute. I, no, I, I love Korean scrubbing the imaginary bug. <laughs> I love Korean day spas. That kimchi made me think of it because yeah. you can eat kimchi in between your your treatment. Do they actually do, they awesome. provide you the kimchi? Well, no, you buy it in the um, you buy it in oh. the in the cafe. 
<laughs> you buy it there. <laughs> you go in in like your robe and stuff. And then just hang out, eat. Yes, and yes, have it's amazing. Yeah. No bugs. There's no bugs. I feel like we're false advertising. <laughs> as far as we know, allegedly. Are you looking that up, bro? Yeah. Is it the Century Sports Club? No, that's um, it's We W I We oh. Spa. Century's been around for a long time. I've been to that one. <laughs> I've been to all of them. <laughs> I have not. I've been to a few of them. I haven't. I have not had a spa day for like five. You got to go months. and take your baby. It's like a family oriented oh, yeah? one. Yeah, oh, so it's like a hangout thing. Yes, yes, yes. They have like co-ed, like family floor or whatever. Yes. Huh. I did. I forced uh, Tish went to Vegas for a trade show, and I, I basically said if you don't go to the spa while you're there, I'm disowning you. <laughs> so I made yes. it. I, I like enforced spa day. Yeah, yeah. My husband would never have to make me go. <laughs> I would just be like, "See you later." I am headed to the spa. Yeah, Tish is totally like she just. She wants to take care of you yeah, and the baby. And well, she's just she just thinks she never has time for herself. Oh, she so does. Yeah. Oh, she type A. Yeah, she's a little bit. Yeah, you know, I can, I know a lot of people like that. The OCD. Yeah. You know, just like knows, oh, all my type A friends. Right. I love all my type A friends. They get so much done, though. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Well, that's I need that. It's, it's, it's she totally, because, like, everything, uh, uh, you have to come over to the house, because, like, everything is, like, I, 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 what I should do is I should see if, if we have pictures of the house before I met Tish. Oh, wow. And she did a lot. After, oh, yeah, totally. She's, like, painting all the rooms, and she's responsible for most of the furniture. Did, what does she art. do? Is she, like, a designer of sorts? Or? Well, she has, um, uh, she has a degree in uh, photography from RISD. Oh, okay. But she doesn't do that for a living. When did she go to RISD? See, <laughs> didn't Babcock ask this question? Someone asked this question. Well, because I know Neely. people that went Neely to... asked this I know people that went to RISD. Yeah, no, I know. Um, I'm just wondering I, what I, era. I think it was 90... She graduated in 97. It's a master's, so... Okay. I'll ask her. Okay. Because I can never remember. Yeah, a lot of people from Charleston that I grew up with went to RISD. Like artists. It's a great school. A lot of art people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of art people. Yeah, it's a great school. Yeah. And every place we're at, it's like, um, you know, if it comes up. People know people. At, yeah, totally. People know people. Or, or like. It's a tight uh, community of, uh, of alums. Well, yeah, she keeps in touch with yeah. a lot yeah, yeah, of yeah, people yeah. in her in her. Program. I think I'm, they all are sort of connected. I've always envied that. I I mean, I have a couple friends from, you know, that I went to high school with, or even, I don't know if I have any friends I went to college with. I mean, like, maybe we knew each other before college and were in the same classes, because I went to Arizona State, but I grew up in Phoenix, so there's a lot of people there. Right. Yeah, I, I haven't kept those tight. You have like, a degree, right? Mm, I have a master's. I have an MFA, Master's in Fine yeah. Arts. Is that from Southern Methodist? Yes, yes. Yeah. In, I went, in theater? In acting. In acting. In acting specifically. Do you keep, uh, do you keep uh, in touch with Oh them? my gosh, we're so tight. Like all of my friends uh, from from that period of my life, yeah. like we're all very tight. Well, we started the theater company together. Yeah, uh, Meadows, in, Meadows Basement Theater. Meadows Basement Theater, yes. Yeah, there I was, wanted to ask you about that. You did research, dude. I'm like, you have a degree, right? <laughs> you have a degree. You, you're a woman, right? Yeah. You're a person. You're, you, br- yeah. you breathe. And you what breathe? do you do? And who are you? You into breathing? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. No, yeah, there were, uh, I had a theater company here in L.A. Um, uh, there were six core company members, me and five other of my drama school uh, fellows, <laughs> colleagues, um, we uh, we all moved here and um, 
you know, we were doing like play, like other people's plays and stuff. Mm -hmm. And and uh, I don't know if you've ever done that here in LA, but it can be a real hit or miss (laughs) experience. And uh, we were like, why are we doing other people's plays? When, you know, we ha- we know all these writers and directors and we're all actors, like, just, just do our own. So we had to learn the producing element of it. And uh, and we'd have a season, like, of two or three shows a year. Yeah. And then um, we quickly burned out on that <laughs> after about five years. Well, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And we, we had, you know, and it was a nonprofit. We, you know, we had our nonprofit status mm-hmm. and we had to raise money and... You know, it was just, uh, and we were, we had our day jobs and we were pursuing careers in, in show business all at the same time. So right. it just got to be the hard. juggle. Yeah, it was hard. And um, so two of our members moved away and then the remaining four stayed, we stayed, we stuck it out. We just weren't doing theater anymore. They all got jobs writing and television and, uh, <laughs> You know. Like like every third person I know. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm still trying to get an acting job. So yeah, so but we are we're all like super tight. Like my uh, Samantha, who I did the web series Badge Ladies with, which we love. We'd love that. My yeah. little web series that was just an improvised thing we sort of did on the fly. So production value is could not be more gorilla. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Samantha uh, Samantha McIntyre, who is a television writer. And, and actors, she actually started as an actor. We were um, roommates in grad school. And um, so we did that together. You can find it on YouTube if you just type in Badge Ladies on YouTube. Yeah. We're going to put links to all this up on our blog so oh, cool. people can find it. Yes, because I know <laughs> so many people want to find it. But we had but fun. Seriously, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. It's just a little web it's, series. It's totally a, a, a little improvised web a series. A little improvised web series. It, interviews but, with the Lady Cop Division of the NYPD. <laughs> yes, we play Lady Cops. Yes, and um, <laughs> I really love to think that the New York Police Department has a "quote unquote" lady cop. Major. I would love for the New York Police Department to see our web series and see what they think about <laughs> I, it. Yeah, I would have to, <laughs> Mike, some, someone in Twitter has to know someone. Right? Hunt us down or something. Anyway, so Samantha was one of the core company members of uh, Meadows Basement Theater, and um, her husband Wade McIntyre. Um, now he writes on The Good Guys, which is a Fox television show. Right. Um, starring Colin Hanks and um, Bradley, Whitford. Bradley Whitford. And my best friend, Aaron Ginsberg, is his writing partner, who is also a core company member. And Joel Spence is in the cast. Oh, yes, Joel Spence is in the cast as well. My, my teacher for 301 at UCB. Very cool. Yes, he's also an alum of the SMU drama uh, program. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Yes, we all went to the same drama school. So. Yeah. And he did a couple Meadows Basement shows. Oh, cool. Every now and then, we call on him <laughs> to do stuff. <laughs> I like so, him yeah. a lot. I like him a lot. He's a, he's a really funny he's guy. He's okay. He's all right. Whatever, dude. He's all right. <laughs> Whatever, dude. You're doing a new web series called Cupidity? Correct. I'm um, writing uh, and producing a new web series called Cupidity with my comedy partner, Maria Thayer. Um, she's currently... Um, shooting a new show called Eagle Heart for Cartoon Network. Um, and uh, we have a lot of fun episodes lined up. It's not has not been un, unrolled or unveiled yet, whatever you call it. It has not gone... Premiered. Premiered yet. Dropped. Dropped. It hasn't dropped yet. <laughs> oh, but watch for Cupidity um, online. Um, we, play, uh, we play matchmakers, and we have a boutique matchmaking service. Um, <laughs> so, what kind of clients? 
Um, well, we, we actually take all kinds of clients, um, but probably what you'll notice most about our web series is that um, we take normal clients, and we are not very normal. So. <laughs> as long as it's not vampires. Vampires, vampires, everything else do with vampires. No, no vampires. Hooray. No vampires. And I know that you're also going to be on the regular show, or is it just regular show? On it's, a... Cartoon, Cartoon Network, Network. Yeah. yeah. Regular show. It's a new animated series that is coming out this summer. Um, I voice a character named Margaret, and it is a total hoot. It's not Adult Swim, but it's not Little Kids either. It's for maybe tweens. Tweens, yes. The valuable tween market. The valuable tween market. And it's wildly imaginative. And <laughs> I'm killing really myself. Fun. It's a really fun series. I really like it a lot. And um, the creator, J.G. Quintel, is very, um, he's like a little whiz kid guy. And um, uh, Mark Hamill is in our cast. And um, I was saying how fun it was to work with him. And I didn't realize that he was this big voiceover dude. Yeah, he was the, wasn't he the Joker? Joker. He was the Joker in Batman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's huge in voiceover. I just started dipping my toe into voiceover. This is my first sort of foray. You know, I've done like little things here and there, and this is the, yeah. sort of the biggest thing I've ever done. How do you done. like it compared to stage or screen acting? Um, I like it, but I like on camera better. Yeah. I, I do like on camera better. And I like uh, my favorite thing I've gotten to work on. I, I love TV, and that's what I really want to work in. But I will say when I shot the independent movie at the beginning of the year, Some Guy Who Kills People that I mentioned earlier, um, that was one of my favorite experiences. Yeah. I found that the voiceover stuff that I've done, I've done mostly like technical voiceovers. Mm-hmm. Um, I get lost after a while just doing the same things over and over again. It's all very technical. That's the thing I don't love about it. But but then Paul, my husband, who is a comedian and also actor, he um, he's done voiceovers where he says it can be really fun. And, you know, the show I'm working on I think is going to be a fun show, but the work is not that fun. Mm-mm. I mean, like you're not really acting together. You're right. you're voicing these right. moments, right. and and it's a technical craft. And I, uh, the thing I like most about acting is sort of the, you know, the, in, the visceral part. Yeah, the visceral part. Yeah. But yeah, because the voiceovers, the voiceover right. stuff that I've done, it just like I, after saying the same thing five times, and I just start, you know. Yeah. Screwing things up. You do a little yeah. bit of that though sometimes in um, live action. I mean, if you have to do you different do. takes. I, but it feels like I, maybe it's just me. But I feel like that that well when we do the bumpers for this show, I, yeah. I get tripped <laughs> up so easily. You know, um, I, I think I think I'm I'm much better at you know doing something in front of somebody else and not into a microphone. Yeah. So good, good. I'm doing a podcast. It's a. It, I, I will. I like. I like the voiceover stuff in that it's a simple job. Like right. it's an easy job. Like you show up and you get the script that second. Sometimes you know, and you're just like reading it. You're just reading it from a music stand. Right. And uh, you know, being yourself or bringing yourself to it or doing a kooky voice or whatever they ask yeah, of you that I've, day. I've always wondered because um, animation. Uh, voicing seems particularly theatrical as opposed to like if you're doing live action uh, I, I'm by no stretch of the imagination any sort of thespian I'm just saying as a uh, a layman if you will that 
watching, you know, like, when I, the very little acting that I've done and then trying to sound natural, I feel like what I've heard on animation voicing, it's, it's not necessarily trying to sound natural. No, it's not. It's very unnatural in some instances. And in addition, like, they can even, like, tape you without anyone there. Like, mm-hmm. so you could ostensibly be reading, like, 20 lines in a row of a scene that you're not, not even... Not to anybody. Yeah, not to anybody. <laughs> like, you're not with an actor. Well, yes, mother. Yeah. Oh, you're going to the store. And then the director might say something like, well, you're a little disappointed there. So can you be a little more disappointed? And so, like, you don't even know what the other person might be right. giving you. Yeah, voiceover. Enjoyable, but not my not my ultimate goal. I mean, you know. Right. I just know like so it. many people who that's their bread and butter now. It's like, and it's from what I understand from uh, the gentleman who plays Master Shake on the Aqua Team Hunger Force. Dana. Uh, oh, I've met that guy before. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen him do comedy or something. Yeah, and yeah. he's told stories on his podcast, very like In making Master light of, of the whole voiceover community. As far as like, it's a very odd. Bunch it is a, no, it truly is an odd bunch. Like now that I've just started sort of dipping my toe into that world, and um, I just started going on voiceover auditions maybe two years ago, mm-hmm. and I I had no idea how nerdy it was. <laughs> like I was like, oh okay, this is group of people is a totally different group of people than I run into at like the audition, like the on camera auditions. Like a, like it's like a weird little subcultures of of levels of coolness, right? Like voiceovers, super nerdy. On camera commercial, like in the middle, then like TV stuff's pretty cool, you know, and then the movie world is like super cool or whatever. Yeah, the, the, the house that we were at for <laughs> the, the house that we were at for the uh, pool party is um, Sebastian uh, Rocher's house. Um, he plays one of the villains on Fringe, and he's just a badass. You know, it's just yeah, like, that's what he that plays. level. He's a badass, but but I mean, his like. He's like he embodies badass. Yeah, yeah. It's just like I I was intimidated to shake hands with the dude. Yeah, it's like you know, thanks for the party at your wonderful home, and you know. Yeah, well, you can be anything in voiceover as long as you can produce the voice. Right, exactly. Like you could be anything. But he totally has like a he has like like um, rock climbing points on the side of his house, oh, of so you can like free climb on yeah. the side of his house. Why not? <laughs> like, dude, <laughs> just gonna rock climb him all in his house. Funny. Yeah, total balance. Normal. Total balance. <laughs> <laughs> Super normal. <laughs> yeah, that's, I kind of like, the more, the more, like, dude actors that I see like that, the more I'm like, I'm a stand-up comic. <laughs> through and through. I love comedy. I, I admire com- com- comics. Yeah, totally. And I've been a fan of comedy for a long time. Yeah. Many years. Yeah, some of my first memories are... are of reading the National Lampoon back issues that my mom had when I was little. And I mean, just like watching dumb things like Benny Hill with my grandpa and, um, yeah. you know, um, like Channel 13 and PBS would show here, here in town, would show like weird stuff. I mean, not just Monty Python, but like Channel 13 or maybe it was Channel 11 had like um, the goodies and Kenny Everett video show. I mean, like weird stuff from England that you didn't hardly see. In, oh, that's cool. In, in America. And I'm watching that and, you know, I, I've just been a fan of comedy for a very long time. But it's, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a hard life. Yeah. But I could never go on the road and things like that. Really? Yeah. I don't think so. Not really? now. Not now. 20 years ago. I, I mean, totally but you'll have to. 
No, I think I'm going to have to do something else. Oh, really? Like writing and okay. sketch or something. I just, I mean, I wouldn't, you know. But yeah, that's it's, a hard life. It's too, it's too late for me to be a road cop. Right. So, whatever. I'd say it's never too late. Yeah. <laughs> I really, I mean. Yeah, I well, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, you know, it's like, but, but I have a but like, wife and kid. I would now know what I'm missing. 20 years ago, I would, no problem. Well, I, I worked on the road 20 years ago. I don't, I don't think it's ever too late uh, until you're dead, you know? I mean. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. But, but I think that, uh, no, I, I'm not saying that I could not do that. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I, I certainly possess the skill and discipline to buy a Southwest ticket to <laughs> Chuckle Hut and, you know, Dubuque, Iowa. And right. And do three nights there or whatever. But I, I, I know myself well enough that I would not do that. Yeah. <laughs> is more to the point. It's, I think it's, I, I think I'm in a stage of my life where I don't want to do that. Yeah. 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 So I want to do something else creative, which hence this one of the things is this podcast. Sure, so, sure. But um, do you find yourself pretty locked down, staying here in Los Angeles? Do you do you get to, I mean, do it, whether it's a uh, a role that takes you out to a new location or just you know? I, I mean, just the stage where I am now. I mean, if I the types of jobs that I book are very short jobs, so. So, yeah, I mean, this is my base. Mm-hmm. But if I were to, say, book a series or something in Vancouver or yeah. something like that, like, I would, you know, I'd have to... Well, you moved to New York for your husband's gig. My husband had a gig in New York uh, last year, and um, but that was, you know, New York and L.A., in my opinion, are sort of interchangeable when you're pursuing... Yeah, work. the real bi-coastal thing. Yes, it's, yes. It's a red highway. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. wasn't... Uh, uh, and I had lived in in New York before I moved here, right? So, um, so I had sort of a support system there as well as you know here. Um, and if I were to you know book a series or something in New York, I'd go there for a few months and and shoot it, or in in Vancouver. I don't know where do they shoot stuff now? New Mexico yeah. or something? Yeah. All, all over the place. <laughs> Oliver, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I would I would definitely go do it, but I would stay based here, and I, I wouldn't want to uproot my husband. You know, because of his his dates. Yeah. yeah. So I just have to go away and come back. I think. Do you do y'all do you ever hang out when he's doing out of town stuff and get to travel that way? Yeah, he likes me to go with him a lot. <laughs> so like, because he's a comedian and he books a lot of out of town gigs, and um, but usually I kind of he. This is what he would say: like, I, if I went with him, I only like to go to the cool places. <laughs> so. <laughs> Like so he, you're not going to be going to, like, Madison. Madison. <laughs> I mean, not that Madison is not cool. I've actually heard good things about it, but it's not an easy place to get to from, like, you have to take yeah, a, yeah, a yeah. few. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, he did a gig in Halifax recently, and he had to take, like, three flights and, like, fly, like it was not easy. Yeah. It wasn't, yeah. like... You know, and then but he did. I seem it. to remember some 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 peevish tweets. Yeah, there was some. It was a lot of travel. It was a lot of hard travel, and and um. So that's not like I don't just hang out, you know, in Halifax. Or right. But like, right. but like he does. Uh, he did. He did New York it last month, and and you know. So I went to New York, and I went for a week because I was able to like schedule appointments and you know auditions or some. You know, my manager's based in New York, so so it was good for me to see her and stuff. But um. You know, that's a direct flight. Yeah. Um, he is going to Montreal in a week. And uh, I've always wanted to go to Montreal. I've never been. 
I've always wanted to go to the festival, the Just for Last festival, because yeah. yeah. I've heard amazing things about it. Everyone tells me about Andy Kindler's State of the Industry. Things Dude, I've heard about legendary. it for a thousand years. And he's like, I, don't come. I want you to come. And I'm like, well, I really want to go because I've never been. I want to see this stuff. He's like, you've seen Kindler a thousand times. It's true. <laughs> I've seen Kindler so many times. Yeah. He's like, he's not doing anything that he doesn't already do, like here, you know? But he's just like, he has all these shows to do, and he doesn't think it's going to be like as much of a fun hangout type of week. It's yeah. going to be more like a lot of work. Yeah. So I, I'm not going to go, but I need to be here anyway to look for work. But, but yeah, so I do travel with him probably like, 50% of the time. Yeah. Or like 40% of the time. But that's good to know that 40% of the gigs are cool enough for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's doing uh, San Francisco in September, and I freak, like, if he goes to San Francisco, I go, like, he does the Sketch Fest a lot every yeah. January, and I'll go. Um, and one time I got pulled into a sketch, which was so exciting. <laughs> so I was, like, glad I was there, you know? <laughs> I was, like, hanging out in the green room with all the cool people and you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, to me, I mean, I have had no road experience. My wife uh, was on tour when she was a musician. And it's kind of like, I was kind of like, well, it's going to be my turn to tour, right? And, and we can, you know. Switch off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think I want to do that. And, yeah. But, but just the idea of, you know, hanging out and like, oh, I mean, just even being backstage at like shows, even like, even like punk shows, you know, coming up in the punk scene. It's a fun groupie scene. Yeah. yeah. It's like a fun, hang yeah, hanging out and like. Well, that's totally the, that's totally when I, when I was first contemplating getting back into comedy after whatever 20 year hiatus, mm-hmm. I, um, I was seeing a lot of shows at the UCB and taking classes mm-hmm. and I would sit and I, I didn't know a lot of people at the time, but, um, I would sit and I'd be like. I want to hang out. I want to hang out. That's the thing. That's like the, that's, I want to not be kicked out of the theater between shows. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. I mean, I, as, as stupid as that sounds, but this is totally like true fact confession. It's like, I want to belong to that. I want to do, I want to yeah, do creative stuff. Yeah, you want to be part stuff. of the community. I want to be, yeah. And it's like, and there's so many funny people and there's so many smart people, you know, doing really creative things. Yeah. It's like, it's so invigorating. Yeah. And I, I, I really wanted to be a part of that. You know, it's like. Hey, that's how you guys met. At the absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. look at what has been born of it. Yeah, I mean, you know. Shaky Town. Shaky Town. Yeah. The best little podcast in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One of five million podcasts. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no. In its own right. But, yeah, no, hanging out on the comedy scene. It's uh, And, you know, I kind of hung out a little before I w- was dating and now married to my comedian better half or whatever but um because I used to wait tables at a comedy club and I always loved every I loved all the comedy like yeah. I loved watching everyone so what, the club M bar on Vine. oh so yeah you saw I, you, I I was uh I used to wait tables at this place called M bar on Vine and Fountain in Hollywood my friend Joe Reynolds opened this bar and it just turned into a sort of organically it turned into a performance space and they started um comedy death ray there Mm-hmm. And it was this Tuesday night stand-up comedy show for alternative comics. That was, like, the big thing, that it was alternative comics, not the road kind of comedy. Right, not or club comedy. Yeah, yeah, that's what, not club comedy. So that's Ackerman, Scott Ackerman and B.J. Porter. Scott so. Ackerman and B.J. Porter, and they were friends with Joe also, who owned the bar, and it just sort of became this thing. And I worked that show every Tuesday night 
for as many years as it was at the end bar before it moved to BTV. Wow. So I would like see everyone, everybody, everybody, everybody. Yeah. and everyone was like, yeah, that's cool. kind of one of those. That's kind of one of those things where if it's an alt comic, they've been on that show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if it's somebody that you would describe as an alternative comic person, they would yeah. have been on that. Yeah, and like, and they were always supportive of me as an actor. Like, they come see my theater shows, like the Meta's Basement shows, because right. I would like be, and, and I would a lot of times it was a great relationship because we'd have fundraisers for my theater, and we'd have them at M Bar, and I would book the comics on my fundraisers. You know, so it was like a real. It's just part of the the scene, like. Well, that's like I said. That's that's like one of the huge things. It's just like there's. I I, I just read the. Um, um, I'm dying up here. The book about. The I've com- heard about that. The book. comedy store mm-hmm. uh, uh, strike, and you know it's it's the first half of the book is just like this history of you know all these New York comics coming to L.A. and it's painted in this very golden age thing. And I swear, there's going to be a book. 10, 15 years from now, written about the comedy scene and Death Rate. Yeah, I wish there was a documentary about Death Rate and Bar because those, cause I was actually just reminiscing um, with Jen Kirkman and Neil, her husband, Neil Mahoney. They were part of that scene back then. I love Jen. She's yeah. awesome. Yeah, us. hilarious. And um, we, were, we were just reminiscing about those days the other night because when Comedy Death Rate, it moved to the UCB Theater, which was a great thing for Comedy Death Rate. But um, it turned into this whole other, like, thing. Like, it wasn't as, like, secret. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, it felt it like, like it definitely was, like, a cooler thing to know about. In my opinion, that's just my personal perspective, was, like, it was this cool thing to know about, like, mm-hmm. the MR or whatever. And now it's, like, this, you know, which is great. I'm glad that Scott and BJ have grown it as much as it has. But it's, it's more of an institution, it seems, rather it's more, than... A, yeah, but, but before it moved to the UCB, like, it would be like that you'd see the same people all the time. It was awesome. Like, it was like your friends I see the same people at UCB all the time. <laughs> yeah, but I've gone to the death rate at UCB, and I'm like, who are these kids? Yeah. Like, where do they well, come from? How do they know about these, these comics? Good for them that they're coming, you know, but, and yeah. The, the one problem I have with death rate now, um, which I never got to see at the MBAR, but but whenever there's, like... Well, it happened when Apatow was doing the funny people stuff, uh-huh. and they were doing drop-ins at Death Ray and See You Next Tuesday, which Matt Belknap was producing. But now they're doing a sketch show afterwards. But um, uh, when they'd have like famous people drop in, yeah, it would just be packed with people who'd never gone to see. A UCB show in their lives, right? You know, but that's good for the comedians. It's good for the comedians in general, but it, it's like it's not good for the ke- kids that like to hang out yeah. and be part of the yeah, school totally, team. totally. Yeah. It's like get out of my chair. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. can't, can't tell you how many times I've thought that UCB. <laughs> I have my I have a special uh, friend of Death Ray card that gets me into every show. Nice. <laughs> yeah, well, you if should. I want to go, <laughs> you should. I know. I've, been, I've always talked about how I'm going to laminate it. <laughs> I want to laminate it. Dude, do it. And insure but, it. I want to put it on my, my rental insurance. Laminate it and, and wear it around your neck like a like a backstage pass. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, that's a good idea. It's like a it's like a handwritten business card. Oh nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let this but person. laminate it and put it put frame it in like a gold like metal frame and put it on a chain. <laughs> like, like a really ornate uh, uh, picture frame. Yeah. Put it in a really ornate, crazy baroque <laughs> picture frame. Yeah, but comedy's fun. I'm a friend of comedy. I like comedy. Yeah. 
I think we I'm glad I'm not a comedian. <laughs> I'm glad I'm an actor, not a comedian, but I, I respect everyone in that world. Yeah, you know, but I think it's, I think it's one of those things where, um, you know, actors, good comic actors are really, usually really good actors. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I mean, it's the whole, the old saw of, like, Robin Williams, and he's a classically trained actor, and he's, you know, whatever, whatever you think of his imp- yeah. improvisational skills. yeah. You can subscribe to Shaky Town Radio on iTunes. Simply search for Shaky Town Radio. You can visit our constantly updated blog at shakytownradio.com. Our Facebook fan page link can be found there, or you can simply go to facebook.com slash shakytownradio. Our Twitter address is at shakytownradio. Our email address is shakytownradio at gmail.com. You can send us a voicemail at 6666-SHAKE or 6666-4253. That's the same number. You probably have a, co- a lot of comedy fans that listen to this show. In theory. Or people it, are sort of like diff- in different worlds. Well, I, I think, um, yeah, I mean, there's some folks that know me from Twitter who aren't necessarily, I mean, I think there's, they're comedy fans. and Yeah. Um, I assume most people know me, know me through music. Yeah. Oh, yeah, music. But, I feel like the music world and the comedy world um, overlap so much. Yeah. Yeah, they really do. All yeah. musicians want to be stand-ups, all stand-ups yes. want to be musicians. Yes. So... I wasn't going to say that, <laughs> but it's totally, all my musician friends, like, they are, like, proud to be funny on, I mean, they are funny, but, yeah. they, like, that's part of their shtick. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I don't know. I don't want to be a musician. No? No, not really. You want to be a rock star? Not really. You're just, you know. I don't know. You're I'm, more grounded than some of us. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> but I get I get it. The, the whole Spinal Tap thing would have never come about if that, you know, wasn't yeah. true. And Spinal Tap's one of the most awesome things ever made. But, um, yeah, I don't have... I mean, I can carry a tune in a bucket. If, if someone put a gun to my head, I could sing. And I sing to my kid all the time. But yeah. I don't... I think I know my talents lie not doing that. We should get right. a, a Phil Spector to appreciate you then. Because oh. he'll put a gun to your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> or uh, he'll make... Supposedly make you put a gun to your own head. Right, right, right. right. He's using his magical hair bear bunch powers or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, he I'm, seems like a great guy. He does, doesn't <laughs> yeah. he? just seems like a normal, average He's in, like, really sweet and yeah. fun and... Like, he'd go trick-or-treating to his house. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, he would ring his doorbell, and he would come He would come to the door yeah. in his, like, crimson rose. And... Isn't he in jail? I mean, oh, yeah. he's in jail, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They found him guilty of murder. Right, because he murdered somebody. Because <laughs> he murdered somebody. I think we don't have to say allegedly. I think yeah. It's a matter he of... He definitely public murdered somebody. Did it. Um. Uh, wow, that was a weird derail there. Uh, no, I was going to say my buddy Eric saw um, what's her name who he killed. Um, who was in um, a bunch of B movies and I can't remember her name. Sorry, you poor thing that got killed by Phil Spector. Um, she was working the. She was the hostess at House of Blues. Right, that's how they met or something. Right. Yeah. He had seen her there like the week before. No way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he was all like, you know, what's her name from, like, whatever she was in, Avocado Jungle of Death or something. Yeah. I think you're movie. thinking of Bill Maher. I'm thinking of Bill Maher. Exactly. Totally. Um, Wait, are we recording still? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. He's Wait, are we talking about Bill Maher? No, 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 no. no. Bill Maher was in Avocado Jungle because of Death. Because I, I find him to be kind of, like, annoying. <laughs> Bill Maher? He hates women, and like he won't. It's not like he would say that, but like he clearly does. Uh, 
I'm with you. I, I'm not a huge fan. I'm not a huge fan. I mean, he I... He seems very... And I had a, I had a discussion with... Uh, were we talking about Bill Maher about... No. Religious? No, I don't think so, because I didn't finish watching it. Oh. Yet. He I just mean, seems so smug. He's like... I'm sure he's like a fine person. Like, I know people who work on that show and stuff. Right. My husband actually worked on that show for a year. That's for right. Me. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm like... I don't know. Like I've seen him around. Like I've waited on him before when I used to waitress and stuff. He seems fine, but I just like he's just I don't know. Belzer did a show a few. I don't know. Like Belzer did a show is probably about a year ago now, and he was supposed to do a set at that show, but he didn't do a set. But he showed up, but I didn't hang around to talk to him or meet him. But like he would always have like sort I said of, hi to Eddie Pepitone and I left. He always had like arm candy chicks with him whenever yeah. he'd come around and like I don't know, that's a that's a red flag to me. I'm a judgmental person maybe, but I'm very defensive about my gender. But like he I don't know. Like he I was a big politically incorrect fan yeah. too. Like I loved pol- politically incorrect back in the day. I think he's done good work, but but like I tried really, you think some... he blew the lid off of religion or whatever? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Religi- that's, that's Religiosity or what did he? Religious. That's what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. No, I tried. I think he's done good work, but I tried watching Religious, and he came across as being a dick. It, you know, and then I had a buddy of mine try try and explain to me, you know, no, he really gave a fair, you know, kind of shake, and it's like the like ten minutes I watched of this was him not giving a fair. You know, it's like right. I can understand walking in and having a discussion with someone and say, you know, tell me what your point of view is. Try and convince me what you, right. why you believe what you believe. Yeah. You know, and if it comes down to it's just a matter of faith, then we're going to have to agree to disagree. I totally understand that. But it came across as like, I'm being a smug dick, and I know I'm right, and no matter what you say, yeah. I'm going to be a smug dick about it. See, like, I'm a, I, I'm, I consider myself a progressive political person and mm-hmm. and um but like certain figures that we have and on our team sometimes make me cringe a little <laughs> only because I may agree with their policy or their point of view but the way they come off to people who are not on our team it may I I it like makes us look bad yeah, sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's a matter of presentation and rhetorical style. It is. It's like yeah. it's like I'd rather have Rachel Maddow like at a dinner, as my guest at a dinner party at my tea party cousin's dinner, you know, than yeah. Bill Maher. You know what I mean? Not, uh, you know, and that goes for Janine Groffalo, who I adore. I think she's awesome. But, like, she is provocative. Like, she's a provocateur, mm-hmm. you know? And she comes off in a certain, a certain way, I think, that is not, like you say, it's not the most positive. It's, it's certainly not politic. You know? Right. That's, that's the thing, and it's... it's, it's I think, but... It, I like those passionate people, and I think you need somebody banging the drum loudly, if only to bring everybody else to. That's the a good center. point. That's a good point. You know? Yeah, but I don't think it brings people to the center. Not in this. Not in this world. I think. I think. In, you think it pushes them. I do think right. it fringes. I think it fringes people. I think. It, yeah. I don't think. Well, I mean, I, I. I think that it alienates the centrists, mm-hmm. and we're talking about politics. <laughs> Are we allowed to talk about politics? You can't. I just. Oh. It, it, it tends to go to it tends to go to this place really quickly for me that it's like I think I think generally speaking everybody has good intentions um, on the right and the left. Um, I think there's fringes on both sides that screw things up for everybody. Kind of like your point where it's like you know if you have these 
obviously politically divisive people. Yeah. They tend to alienate the majority of folks, whether they're right, left, or centrist. Mm-hmm. Um, and you either that either means that you push people further one way or the other, or you completely alienate them and just cause disgruntlement. I think the level of discourse in this country is like one step above gutter fighting. It's pretty bad right now. I, I don't understand like this whole like big government spending versus not doing anything at all stuff now because it's like, what about the last eight years? <laughs> like, I, I, you know what? Like, I would have loved for people to have been outraged over that spending, over the war yeah, spending, you know, yeah, but no right. one gave a, you know. I'm all crack. for, yeah. I'm, I'm all for war when it's, when there's a, an objective and you know we can you can justify the expenditure but when you basically take on open-ended things like that and pour money from a big fountain when we're in the middle of a recession that we saw coming under like three administrations yeah it's like this is not something that's a democratic problem it's not a republican problem this is a problem with the way america's run it's sad now because like all the current administration can do now it feels like is clean up that's all they can do right 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 it's like Dress the wounds, just dress the wounds, and like hope. I mean, but that's not true. I guess like more stuff is being done than well, and I think it's being talked about. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, but the problem, the problem is, is, is the level of, like I said, the level of partisanship in this country is such that the right has to basically call bullshit on everything Obama does. That there's no, you know, there's there seems to be very little, you know, cross party. You know, bipartisan. Right, no, efforts. it's the, it's contrarian politics. Yeah, and it yeah. was contrarian politics under Bush. Whether or not you think Obama's a better president than Bush, well, but then people voted for his war, though. Right. Yeah, they that's, voted for his war. Yeah, totally. So, but people bought into that, you know, phony argument. Yeah, so. it was. Well, I mean, we were all Hoodwink. We all got punched Bamboozled. in the balls from from nine eleven. You know, yeah. If the response to that was measured and short. You know, if, if Bush had gone in there and actually done the cowboy thing, which is gone to Musharraf and say, we're going to be in your country for a year until we bring Osama bin Laden's head in the bag back, then you can get back to doing whatever crazy stuff you're going to be doing in Pakistan with your military junta. But if you get in our way, we're going to shoot down every one of your planes and we're going to cripple your entire military. If he had done that, we'd have been in and out of Afghanistan. If we walked in and we'd have steamrolled the Taliban and it would have taken two or three years. Yeah. Done and done. It would have cost billions and it would have cost a bunch of lives, but we would have been done with it. Mm-hmm. But instead, we got into this entire sideshow in Iraq. Oh, such a mess. So, but I think it always comes, politics always comes down to there's nothing, there's nothing we're going to do about it, and it's just going to make me angry at everybody. You know? Let, <laughs> let me change the subject then and answer yeah, yeah. your early question. Go right okay. in. Lana Clarkson. Lana Clarkson. The movie you were thinking of was Amazon Women on the Moon. Okay, she wasn't in Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death. She was in Barbarian Queen. Barbarian too. Queen. She was in Barbarian Queen. Yeah, that's the Barbarian one. Queen two. two. Wasn't she in one too? Um, no, doesn't mm-hmm. appear to be. So, uh, is there any website or anything? Well, we were gonna. Uh, You're going to link to uh, my vlog, my right. so-called Hollywood life, which is on Vimeo.com, right? And hopefully, Badge Ladies, which is on YouTube. Yeah, will be my um, IMDb page, so you can keep an eye out for a regular show, which will be on Cartoon Network. 
and I don't have anything else out there. My Twitter. You can yes. follow me on Twitter at, at Janie Haddad. J-A-N-I-E-H-A-D-D-A-D. <laughs> Meanwhile, those are the cats. Did someone Might just be the break in? Someone just broke in. Or someone rolled a bowling ball down Someone the was running to go follow me on Twitter. <laughs> they were going to boot up their machine. <laughs> Run, don't walk. <laughs> well, thank you very to much. follow me. Thank you, guys. You yeah. are delightful. And I hope so many people listen to your podcast and pass it around and you get tons and tons of listeners. Thank, well, you, thank so you very much. much. We appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Until next time, I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. And I'm Gene George. And I'm Janie Haddad Tompkins. Go wash your hair. Will do. Perfect. <laughs> bye, everybody. Bye-bye. The song on this episode is Bird from West Virginia by the band I See Hawks in L.A. You can find out more about them at ICHawks.com. That's the letter I, S-E-E, Hawks.com. Coming up. Oh. oh, okay. Are we are we gonna record? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Oh, weird. It doesn't look like. I guess I misunderstood what a dry run is. That's okay. <laughs> Coming up. We talk about national parks. And we find out <laughs> Jellystone, not a real park. We talk about where the cool kids are. In the green room, but not in the voiceover booth. We talk with Janie Haddad about learning to live with rejection in the business we call show. And we have a rare delving into the world of politics and why I think Bill Maher is a smug dick. So tune in to find out where you can eat kimchi while bugs eat you. On the Shaky Town Radio Hour. On the stir. Honey? Yeah? Can you not do that while we record? Yeah. It's a dry run. I thought it was a dry run, but it's actually recording. Okay. But you're, you're cool. I heard dry run, but... Yeah. So everybody knows what a dry run is except me. Apparently. <laughs> okay. Quiet on the set. <laughs>